This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org for more shows like this one. The darkness awaits. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Zing This. Uh, You got me, Zinger, and I am joined by the great guy from down the hall. Hey, what's going on, Zinger? Good to be here. (laughs) I am pumped to do this and talk about how wrong we were from all of our theories in The Last Jedi. Yes, I am joined by, well, actually one-third of Down the Hall Podcast now. I have to make sure I (laughs) say that correctly now, because there's now three of you guys. There is, there's three. Yeah, Lyndon Wells was always a kind of a an addition to the show, and, and it just felt right to make him full time. So, we awesome. are now joined by him. So there are three of us. And uh, I'm assuming Rodney's floating around somewhere on your end, but um, as he has only seen uh, Phantom Menace, I don't think he'll have too much <laughs> input tonight. No, no, you wouldn't want his type of input. Anything to do with Star Wars, you probably want to skip on past. All right. Well, awesome. Um, so the premise of this is. We already did our review on Zingness of us discussing kind of our review of Last Jedi. But I've seen it a second time, and Chet has seen it. How many times are you up to now, Chet? Uh, I've seen it three times. All right. Three times, yep. So we've both seen it numerous times, and it's kind of one of those movies I feel like a second viewing kind of gave a whole new perspective to it. Not like I, I completely changed my opinion, but just... I'll, I'll get into into the discussion, but the other thing is, we made a lot of predictions, so I guess this is our chance to kind of sit here and make fun of each other, or just kind of be like, hey, we were wrong about a lot of stuff. So, yep. with yep. that, I, I've, I've expressed my opinion already. I don't think you've vocalized yours on anything I've heard so far. I've waited for this moment, to and, be honest. I mean, awesome. we, we did do like a... Uh, we did touch touch on it on our most recent episode um briefly but on that episode i said for the full full thoughts full uh you know dive into star wars discussion you know go to zang this later in the week yeah um so that's that's where we are here right now um and you know so i i think it is funny to think that all the theories that we put together you and i uh, via text, and then also on your ep- on one of your episodes, three of them um, actually. It turned yeah, into three, three episodes, yeah, multiple, <laughs> multiple episodes. And the only one I could think of that even kind of came true, the only one that I came up with that kind of came true was, I I predicted we'd see a force ghost. That that was it, and we did. And so that doesn't seem like a whole lot to hang a hat on. Uh, the only thing I can point to, and this and this is something. I mean, I I did a lot of rambling in a lot of different episodes. But I I didn't call that Ray was a nobody, but I said anyone but a but a solo. So I mean, that's I true. guess I guess I I won in that in that yeah. sense because I, I think so. I didn't want him to be anyone but us. Oh, I guess we should point out if you haven't seen Last Jedi yet, this is going to be filled with spoilers. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> this this is uh yeah complete spoiler talk. So, no, I mean, I, I, I was so glad about that. I don't know how you feel about that, but I will let you give us your okay. rundown of your three viewings of it. If you want to go what you felt the first time, the second time, maybe even the third time, you sure. have free reign, and I'll sure. probably interrupt and yell at you at some point. 
Please do, because I actually wrote some stuff out just to make sure that I stay relatively organized in my thoughts. Uh, so, I mean, really, it's it's broken up into to two main things. There's kind of the small things, which we can or cannot get into. That's that's up to you, depending on how this goes or how much time we think we have. But And then there's really the, the big things that really, really mess with me. And the small things had more to do with, like, the movie itself, whereas the bigger things had to do with, like, what it means for the overarching Star Wars story. And uh, so, but I will say before I get into any of this that there were some things in The Last Jedi that I thought were done extremely well. Um, uh, you know, if you can't tell already by my tone, I do have a lot of issues with the movie, but uh, I thought Kylo Ren's character is incredible now. Mm-hmm. I thought that uh, Force Awakens, you know, he was kind of just an okay character with some intrigue now. He is an extremely. Uh, you know, well-developed character and probably the most interesting villain that we've had since Vader uh, in Star Wars. And I think that's that's fantastic. Um, and I thought there were some amazing scenes. The throne room scene with Snoke, just the way it looked, I thought was was incredible. That, that lightsaber fight's probably the best fight we've had in all of Star Wars. Um, and, uh, and of course, the, the classic, the instant classic scene of, um, you know, it was it Admiral Hodo? How do you say her name? And it Horda, taking the, uh, yep, uh, yeah, the, the light speed kamikaze bullet. Yes, <laughs> um, was yes. was an um, just an unbelievable cinematic, just unbelievable scene. I, uh, I I just want to point this out. I know I've done it several times. That literally, I went to the edge of my seat for that scene. Like it, I, yeah. I I felt myself leaning forward and then like leaning even more because I was like, oh my gosh, she's gonna do something crazy. She's yeah. going to do and something was, crazy, it was, and it's it going to be amazing. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that it was, you know, there were definitely some things that, that were done uh, extremely, extremely well. Um, and all in all, I would say that as a movie, it was, it, I just like from a from a pure movie-watching perspective, I think it was a more entertaining movie um, than, the last, uh, than The Force Awakens was. Okay. Even though I, I have no, you know, I like The Force Awakens. We're just talking about from a movie-watching perspective. But so those are all the good things I would say about The Last Jedi. Um, but I do have some issues. Uh, and I guess the first one, my biggest issue is that um, if you were to ask me to summarize where I stand, it just feels to me that The Last Jedi and The Force Awakens do not jive. Um, it feels like all of the intrigue and the questions that were left at the end of the force awakens that we theorized over and talked through for two years uh weren't answered or were basically dismissed or were answered in a dismissive way uh in the last jedi but it doesn't seem like it was done in a way that was consistent with itself it feels like jj abrams would not have handled those things that way in the last jedi it feels like Ryan Johnson kind of took it his own direction. And I feel like I would have less issues with The Last Jedi if The Force Awakens fit better with it. If maybe Ryan Johnson did both movies or J.J. Abrams did both movies. I, I, I have less issues with Snoke being killed off or Ray's parents not being, you know, anyone significant or, you know, certain aspects of Luke's character. I've, I have less of an issue. I would have less of an issue with those things um, if the setup in the force awakens didn't seem to, to be inconsistent with the, the follow through in the last Jedi. Um, so I know like generally that's not a, that's a pretty vague, um, answer and I have specifics, but that's, that's in summary 
if you don't get anything else from what I say, it's just I don't feel like the two movies fit together very well. I um, that, I, I actually agree with you on this, and this is something I don't think I've pointed out 100% yet in anything, so this is why I wanted to have this this review 2.0, because you and me, I feel, are two halves of a whole super Star Wars fan at times. I agree. Because your feelings and thoughts on this are something I mirror as well as seeing it a second time and realizing that the issues I think people have with this with this movie... And the issues that are brought forth are actually kind of generated almost from The Force Awakens. And Star Wars, we kind of didn't notice this. Star Wars has never been a real mystery of who's who and what's what in the series. True. Until Force Awakens kind of introduced that 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 topic. And we just kind of all just kind of bit took, took the bait really quick. Not to say that we were wrong to do it, but just... J.J. Abrams set up one thing where Ryan Johnson went, uh, no, we're, 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 we're doing this instead, which Correct. is fine. But the problem is, as I've already said, I think once this movie, I think will be a linchpin in a very interesting way of either it will be the best one of the new trilogy or it will be considered a dark horse because it wasn't done by J.J. Abrams because he will have the bookends of this. And to that to that point, I did say when The Force Awakens came out that I was going to hold judgment, hold most of my judgment until I saw eight and nine, because mm-hmm. I do think that trilogy should be seen as a trilogy. And, yes. and I think that sometimes certain characters or scenes or conversations become more or less significant when you see them all together, you know, all three movies together. So I guess in the same way, I, I feel that way about The Last Jedi. I'm leaving that as, you know, a possibility that the things that I am wrestling with my brain about the storyline um maybe just need to be fleshed out a little bit more and and they'll be circled back to uh in episode nine but i mean i would say that the the there are a few uh key things that i really have an issue with um and i guess the first would be how snoke was dealt with um so i did mention that the throne room scene was my favorite or one of my favorite scenes i think on on uh, on my show this past week, we I did mention it as my favorite scene. Uh, you asked me if my um, if my experience was different the first, second, or third time seeing the mm-hmm. movie. Um, it absolutely was, specifically with this scene. Because when I first get it, when we first when I first saw this scene, um, in my mind, this scene was entirely about Snoke. Because I've been waiting for two years. I, I've said to you, and I said to others, I was as fascinated by the Snoke character. Uh, as I was by Ray or anyone else. And so for two years trying to wait and, and find out and, and guess and, and think about who this Snoke person could be. Um, and, you know, because I think The Force Awakens really set up a lot for us to think about with him. You know, why is he so powerful? How does he seem? Why is he so ancient? He he knows about the Emperor. He knows about Vader. He he seems to be just kind of this incredibly interesting character. So the, the throne room scene, I felt like was okay. Finally, we're gonna we're gonna get this this big reveal. This is gonna be when when Vader says to Luke, "I am your father." You know, this is we're gonna so, get some sort of a reveal uh, about about Snoke here in the in the throne room. And so I made that scene when I first watched it all about Snoke. I'm hanging on every word of his. I'm I'm watching for any any movement he does. I, I'm I'm trying to take in all the details around him. And suddenly he's cut in half and dies. And in that moment, I remember looking over to my friend who I'd gone to see it with and just like, I I couldn't believe it had happened. And obviously that was what 
the uh, the effect was supposed to be. We were supposed to be shocked, um, but so much so that I almost couldn't really appreciate the the lightsaber fight that happened afterwards, mm-hmm. immediately afterwards. Um, and you know, upon my second and third viewing, I realized that that scene wasn't about Snoke; it was all about Kylo and uh, a decision Kylo was making, and 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 that made that scene better for me. But what I will say is that you know, as Episode Eight, you know, drew to an end. I found myself not caring all that much about, I mean, of course I'm a huge star Wars fan. I care greatly about episode nine. I'm very excited for when it comes out, but like in terms of the storyline, I didn't find that there was a whole lot for me to care about going into episode nine. And I feel like that's because Snoke was killed off. And the reason I say that is because if you think back to the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, the prequels weren't the best movies. You know, I, I seem to like them better than most, but they weren't the best movies. And But the one thing they did well was show the rise of, you know, Palpatine, who mm-hmm. was, we as the viewers, we knew him as being this, like, Sith Lord who was rising to political power. So by the time Episode 3 wraps up and you then kick off the original trilogy, you have literally a Sith Lord who has taken over, you know, political power in the galaxy you you needed the empire to lose because you as a viewer you're terrified of the idea of a sith lord and darth vader you know running the universe unbeknownst to everyone like you needed the empire to lose it wasn't just a difference of opinion it wasn't a political game we as the viewer couldn't really care less about the politics we cared more about the fact that behind all the politics were was a sith lord and and now i feel like that's gone i mean not that snoke was a sith but He's a dark side user, and when he when he was killed off, to me it's like Ray is trying to bring Kylo to the light side again, but she she says her motivation to do so is so that they can win the war, so the the rebels can have a chance. Mm-hmm. Like Ray, Ray didn't have a dog in the fight in the Force Awakens. She wasn't she wasn't with the rebel with the rebellion or the First Order. And then all of a sudden she's thrust into this conflict and she, she's with the rebel or the resistance becomes the rebellion. And now her motivations are with the rebellion and we're, we as a viewer are told that's where our, our uh, you know, allegiances should be as well. And so the only motivation for turning Kylo is so that the resistance or the rebellion can win. Well, that's, that to me is just about politics and a different side of a conflict rather than what star Wars has always been, which is those things being chess pieces, but the big picture being dark versus light, Sith versus Jedi. And I think all of that intrigue died with, with Snoke. Snoke. Because right. what's, the, what's, what's the point of Kylo turning? It doesn't really matter, especially if we've been told that there needs to be a balance and that darkness and light rise together. If she pulls him over to the light side, it's kind of like, okay, the, I don't. there's no real looming threat. I don't care if the First Order wins because there's no dark side user to be pulling the strings. I don't care. Inter- very interesting. Um, I, I definitely agree with you with the Snoke scene. I felt like on the second viewing, I enjoy the, the the second viewing of the movie for me was better because I didn't go in with all my preconceived, you know, oh man, when are they going to get to my theory I came up with? Because my headcanon was all in my head. And I still enjoyed the movie, but the second time I knew what to expect the entire time. So I... I, I enjoyed the movie a lot more because I wasn't sitting there wondering when, when, when are they going to talk about Grey Jedi? When is my theory? And that's, I think, the problem a lot of people have with this movie is it doesn't match their headcanon at times. And right. it's kind of one of those things, um, as Luke said, you got to let go. 
and everything. No, you're absolutely right. And, and we're hearing that. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Go, go ahead with your thing. Well, I was going to say, I'm hearing rumors already that Snoke's backstory will be talked through a little bit in Episode Nine, which leads me to think that he will be present in some way in Episode Nine. Uh, who knows? Maybe I'm not. Maybe we're wrong about that. But whether or not he is, I, I you know, I feel like there needs to be some other threat um, bigger than or outside of Kylo that's tugging at Kylo as well. Maybe I'm wrong. I just can't see how the story progresses in a way that that has made Star Wars what it's always been, which is this great overarching story of dark versus light with political conflicts underneath it. And right now it just feels like a political conflict with somebody who wants to be in control uh, in Kylo mm-hmm. and somebody who wants uh, him to join her you know, band of, of, of merry men in Rey. <laughs> uh, so... That's that's all for Snoke anyway. That's that's how I felt. Well, I mean, is Kylo? I don't know. He he kind of expressed, I think, some very interesting points in his little monologue where I felt like he should have been directly talking to the audience at a certain point, uh, where he was talking to Rhea, you know, telling her that that she's a nobody, that that she has she she has she means nothing to this story. She came from nothing. That she'll return to nothing. That the Sith, the Jedi, don't matter. All this other stuff is. I don't know, maybe that was kind of some something with the movie sort of telling us, hey, you know, Snoke didn't matter in this. He he wasn't something that I met, you know, him, Kylo basically going, I matter because I'm a Skywalker right? sort of thing. And right. I, I'm just wondering if, if that sort of maybe his downfall is his, he, I, I don't, I'm, I'm wrestling with something right now to where I want, if I want to see him be redeemed or not as a character at any point. Like, do I really want to see him turn like vader did in in nine or do i want to just see him continue down the path of darkness and ultimately be defeated because maybe right, there yeah. is I no mean, return for him yeah it's a, good, I mean, it's a good question i mean I, I, and that's i guess like that's what makes kylo's character the best part of the last jedi i think um so in that throne room scene i feel like what emerged was the best part of the movie which is kylo and what what was killed off was the most intriguing storyline in my mind which was snoke um, but I know a lot of people, the big storyline was about Ray for a lot of people and mm-hmm. maybe who her parents were. Um, I don't have an issue with her parents not being anyone. Thank you. I don't Thank I you. I don't, but I, I'm, I'm so this, happy for that. Yeah, no, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter to me. I mean, I do think that another theme of star Wars is, um, you know, is some, is, is a cho- not a chosen one, but, uh, someone who has, um, greatness thrust upon them and, and their willingness or unwillingness to kind of rise to the occasion. I mean, even we saw that with like Han Solo when yes. he helps blow up the first Death Star, right? So I, I do think there is that. And they're taking a different approach with Rey. It's not someone who with greatness, it's rather someone who comes from nothing uh, who rises to the occasion. And, and that's, that's, that's fine. Like, that's fine. However, I do have two issues, like kind of two small issues with that. One would be... Um, you're never going to convince me that that's what J.J. Abrams was thinking. Uh, when you watch The Force Awakens, I I can't, from a movie-making, movie-watching perspective, there, there's no way, from what I see, that J.J. Abrams was thinking that Ray's parents will be no one of significance, just in my opinion. Because there are so many little moments in The Force Awakens where foreshadowing is pushed right into our face or, or like kind of dropping hints. Like, you know, I, even when Han and, and, and Ray and Finn, even when they arrive at Maz Kanata's castle and right before Ray's force vision, Maz 
turns to Han and says, who's the girl? And then it cuts like that's, that's like, that's telling the audience like, Hey, characters around Ray. Like it just felt like characters around Ray seemed to be fascinated in who she was, where she came from, who her parents were. Um, and maybe even knew who her parents were. If you go back and watch, watch the force awakens, um, even when, um, Kylo was informed that, you know, what girl, yeah, the what girl moment. And then in the novelization of the force awakens, which is Canon, um, he even says to her, it is you, uh, when, when they're battling. So what does that mean? I mean, I guess you can go back and say like, Oh, it is you, the girl that I was heard about earlier in this story. But the way it's written, the way it seemed to be in the movie was that he knew of her or other people knew of her. And there seemed to be so many coincidences happening at Jakku all at once. Um, you know, why is the Falcon there? You know, why, you know, the opening scene is there, you know, it, it just seemed like Ray was more important, or at least JJ Abrams was setting up for the possibility of her being very important. And Ryan Johnson took it a different direction in my opinion. So I, Can I, I play have... devil's advocate real quick to your, to your statement. Yeah, by all means. Yeah. Keep in mind. I, I did say, I don't care that she's of no one. It just didn't seem to make sense to me from, the Force Awakens that, that that would be the intention. Oh no no no! I I one hundred percent. I love that she's no one. I think it makes her character more interesting and makes her somebody. I mean, in in almost true Star Wars fashion. I mean, to be honest, who was Luke before we found out that he was Vader's kid? Right. He true. he was just somebody on a moisture farm on a deserted, basically a deserted planet. Um. But with Ray, if I may play devil's advocate to this argument real quick. It is obvious that Snoke, that Kylo, both have been able to foresee the future. What if they foresaw a girl? And that's why it becomes so important to them. And Snoke even kind of stated, light, darkness rises and light to meet it. Maybe he told him, there will be somebody in the, within the Force that will rise to meet, your, to meet you in you know, strength and everything. And that they foresaw that it being a girl. Maybe yeah. this. I mean, maybe that's what it was. Maybe that that's why they knew who it was. Or this is them kind of retroactively going back and being like, "No, that's how we're explaining this." Or once yeah. again, if you have too many cooks making a movie, you might have right. a delicious meal, but not cooked to perfection. Right. I and I agree with that. And I think that that's a great, you know, that's like a great fan theory. And I think that that's one that I could definitely gravitate towards. But it. But to both of our points. It's something that continues to feel until it's explained or circled back to in episode nine. It right now just feels like a major inconsistency. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's kind of where I, I settle on it. It's just it feels inconsistent. It doesn't Ray's character seem to be going in one direction and then it and then it went a different direction, which happens in movies all the time, but usually it's because from day one it was planned that way and there's like a big twist. These didn't feel like big twists. They felt like a director changing direction away from one director's direction and in the audience we're kind of stuck with being emotionally attached to one storyline and then you know being told that we're going a different direction and it's one thing when a twist happens because you can almost when a twist happens you could almost see the threads of it from the very beginning with this it, it, none of it felt like twists everyone was saying oh there's these big twists i didn't feel like there was even one twist in the last jedi there was to me a twist is something that you've been threaded through all the way to when it happens where this just felt like a sharp, you know, 180 turn, um, not a twist, just different. And, 
you know, and, and so I guess until episode nine comes out and we can see what happens and what is circled back to, you know, their other possibility is maybe Kylo was deceiving Ray to manipulate her in that moment that, you know, he said he saw her parents and that they were nobody when they maybe were significant. Who knows? But my point, I guess, is that I don't care whether or not she is or isn't significant prior to, you know, us meeting her. I just care about movie watching consistency and it doesn't feel all that consistent is is i guess beating a, a, a horse the dead horse but that's where i am all right um yeah so i i, I don't know if i'm egging you on at this point to this to get to it but i, I know that they had some other issues yes luke Yes. So that right, was my. Knew it. <laughs> so, so my big three issues were Snoke, Ray, and Luke. So I just said Snoke. The intrigue died with him, in my opinion. Ray, which was, well, it just felt like they needed to pick a direction one way or the other rather than being so inconsistent. And Luke, um, I don't have an issue with him being on the on Octo. I don't. I don't have an issue with why he's there, um, but he doesn't feel all that consistent either. And what I mean is he he talks about balance he talks about how the light doesn't belong to the jedi and that if the jedi were to die and you know the idea that the light would die with it is is arrogant or whatever phrase he used um i agree with all of that i think star wars from day one agrees with all of that yes. i think that an attentive viewer would would see that and you see it through the clone wars and through rebels and everything that it is mostly just about balance and that there are so many flaws with the Sith religion and there are so many flaws with the Jedi religion and so much of the conflict comes from things not being understood in a way of balance. Um, so he talks about balance and in the trailer it seemed to it's we seem to feel like oh he has he's stumbled upon this like deeper truth like he's found a deeper truth about the force it's going to take things in a completely new direction the jedi will be an ancient thing because it's going to be something completely new now and uh he he's he and i remember you and i even said i wonder why he stumbled across, across like upon this this deeper truth mm -hmm. but but when the movie plays itself out the beginning he's talking about balance and but his motivations are, are like how he arrived there it wasn't that he like came to or found ancient knowledge we never opened up the books and he pointed to this idea of ancient knowledge he didn't explain to us that the original jedi were balanced and that the that the jedi over years like got away from that all it came down to was and this doesn't even really feel like it makes sense in terms of the connection but all it came down to was he felt guilty and scared and became a hermit and decided that you know his actions were a result of imbalance and that he needed to embrace balance instead his action to almost kill kylo and that he needed to embrace balance instead however and and then he says that jedi must die so mm -hmm. however by the end of the movie he's pro jedi again he tells he tells he, he basically all but tells kylo that he that kylo is wrong for for taking the path he's taking and that there will be another jedi it'll be ray so like now we're back to him being pro Jedi. So like his story arc, the redemptive story arc was him being team Jedi again when at the beginning he was talking about balance. So is it about balance or is it about Jedi? Because it seems to me that it ends up with him dying, embracing Jedi again. Huh. So I, I'm just confused. Like where, where did he end up? I mean, are we supposed to believe that his talk about balance in the beginning 
was was him as someone who still needed to be somewhat redeemed but so that all of that can be thrown out the window when at the end he is redeemed and he's now team jedi like i don't know are we like what are we supposed to think there i i think the thing with luke more comes down to he luke i think 100 percent points out his entire what his what he means to the star wars universe at one point in the movie where he goes, oh, what am I going to do? Pick up my laser sword and go face down the entire First Order and blah, 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 blah. And that's exactly what he does in the end. And he becomes his... The the thing that, that Luke does in my mind in this movie is he becomes... He he failed in his mind to at being a Jedi. He failed at teaching a new class. He allowed this darkness to rise. But in the end, he was able to accomplish something greater than himself... And to quote Obi-Wan, he becomes something more powerful than anyone could possibly imagine by being a force of, you know, just presence to show the resistance, you know. he Because fa- now what, what's the story? What, what, what are these kids playing with? They're playing with a toy, reenacting the battle of Luke taking on the entire First Order. And what did they see him do? Get shot up and not even get touched by Kylo Ren. <coughs> So, I mean, that's that's the thing to me is Luke kind of became what he, he... He became the legend everyone thought he was instead of the broken man he had truly become in the end. So, yeah. in my mind, it, it, that his whole story was more of a story of redemption for himself to where he... He failed at training the Jedi, at training Jedi. He failed at... Kind of failed to an extent at training Ray because it was kind of pointed out that nothing in those books, nothing he could do would teach her. She kind of is what the Jedi need to become. And he basically went out as a hero in my mind because he became, once again, the true legend of Luke Skywalker to, you know, make all these people in the universe, in the galaxy, believe again. I agree. I agree completely. From, from, a, from a movie watching perspective, that's true about his character, mm-hmm. but from a fan perspective, a, a, a fan or even, and I don't, I'm, and even as a fan, I'm happy with how his character ended up, but from a perspective of like the, the, the continuation or the perpetuation of our understanding of star Wars or, or of the force or, or whatever, I, I am left legitimately with the question of what, does Luke believe about the force and about the Jedi as he dies? Because are we, we didn't get any deeper truth. There was, there was not a moment where he said like, Ray, I have to tell you one of the things I learned in my pilgrimage or one of the things that I discovered, or here's this ancient truth that I came across or nothing. It was like, it needs to be balanced. And then separate conversation. I I'm scared of what I did. I'm guilty of from what I felt like I was going to do. And then like, and then all of a sudden towards the end, like, oh, yeah, Team team Jedi again. So it's like, are, is it is it supposed to be a balance? Like the Jedi are, are in, you know, should be extinct? Or is it supposed to be Jedi again? And I, I, I just genuinely, I don't know that I got a clear answer of what he actually thinks and what we're supposed to believe is true. Because, you know, even as I was talking to a friend of mine, he was like, yeah, like, the idea of the light being bigger than the Jedi I said, yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. But is that, is that consistent with what Luke says at the end to, to, to Kylo, you know, harping on the fact that there will be another Jedi. It's almost like he's been awakened to the idea of like, Oh, it's, it's not so bad after all, 
the, we need the Jedi when earlier on he was saying we we shouldn't have Jedi. It should be a much different focus, which I agreed with. And so now I just I'm just confused as to what it is we are supposed to think um, in that regard. I, I agree with. Uh, I, it's, it's one of those of a, less of a concern about him as a character and more of a question about his philosophy and what we as like what our philosophy is supposed to be. I just don't know what it's supposed to be. I I kind of don't want to say this because I feel like I'm just copping out on this, but maybe when if if he happens to come back as a Force ghost, that maybe he'll have some more explanation to that, or there'll be more explanation of that. But I I, I don't. Luke's character, I feel, is if, if on this, it's very easy to determine stuff on the surface, but I feel that there's a deeper thing there that that missed its mark, which is what you're getting at. Yes. In my mind, I I feel like. Yeah. If, if we want to play in the shallow end of this philosophical thing, we can have a lot of fun, but diving into the deep end is where you really get kind of, once again, headcanon for each of us and not with any factual stuff to back it up anymore. Well, I mean, even bigger than that, too, is like The Force Awakens left us with questions that the movie told us to be asking. The Force Awakens gave us questions to be asking, right? Mm-hmm. And The Last Jedi didn't give me any questions to be asking like as itself it didn't it didn't it didn't present any questions to us what's worse is it's it's created questions from viewers not because it was intending to give out questions but almost because it seems to be inconsistent with itself in some ways and with the force awakens in some ways and when the force awakens ended it gave us questions on purpose that we we expected to have answered in the second one when this ended we have questions but it doesn't seem all that purposeful. And what's worse is we're thinking episode nine will have to like, oh, maybe we'll get more explanation here or there. And and a, a movie should never have to backtrack and explain things. It should be able to keep moving forward and answer things. And it feels like there's a couple times here we've already mentioned, oh, I hope that episode nine backtracks and explains yeah. this or explains that. And that's never really a good feeling to end with. And what are we doing to ourselves right now? We're setting once again headcanon for nine, which could either lead to us being once again disappointed in what the movie shows us or irritated because it didn't do exactly what we thought it was going to do. Yeah. And I, and I understand too, like I understand that at the end of the day, from a business perspective, Disney has to make their own mark and they're, they're taking Star Wars in an entirely new direction. And, and that's, that's their thing to do, and I'm glad that there are new Star Wars movies being made. I, mm-hmm. I am, um, and I'm a fan, like obviously. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I, I guess, I, I had, I had fully bought in to the storylines The Force Awakens had set up for us, and I don't feel like eight carried those through. If anything, I feel like nine isn't going to be able to carry anything else through either. I feel like nine is going to have to go back and retroactively kind of circle back to some th- things and and as well as wrap up the story. And, and it, it feels like there's a lot that would need to be accomplished in nine for this trilogy to end on a note that feels complete in my opinion. But it, I say that all without even having a, a shred of a hint of what nine can be about. So, you know, it's, it's real early to think that way. It definitely is. I mean, what we got two years at least. Right. Right. So, I, so. We, we got, we got two years and a flop ahead of us to, to get, get through star Wars wise. I'm calling it yeah, right I mean, now. Um, Han Solo, in my opinion, um, I, I I was not excited for that movie when it was announced. I'm even less less excited about it now. I, I'm sorry, I'm detracting this much, but no, that's I just I don't know what to fine. think about it. 
I just wanted to take a moment yeah, we'll to see. just I be mean, like, I, I don't even know. I have, I have, I don't know what hopes I have. I'm not sure. I, I'm excited that more Star Wars stories are being told, though. Um, oh no, no, I'm yeah, excited yeah. for that. I just, I just, Rogue One did such a great job, in my opinion. And now they're doing Han Solo, which, by all means, a lot of people have been like behind the scenes wise, been like, hey, this isn't going to turn out well. And I think the fact that we're five months away and barely have gotten a poster from it is not a good sign either. Probably not. <laughs> so yeah. I, yeah. I'd like to be wrong, because no offense, if you gave me a list of, hey, here's a ton of characters. Who do you want to see a movie surrounding? I love Han Solo to death. I've never been interested in his backstory besides what I see yeah. in the movies. So That's fair. That's fair. I, 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 I mean, wanted to do good. Trust me, I'm not trying to be mean, but at the same time, eep. That's that's totally fair. It is, it is, and and you know, it, it, I I I'm looking forward to it, but I I I guess I haven't given much thought to it after this after the last Jedi. Still trying to, you know, think through how I feel about, oh, about I, this movie. I, I just have um, to sit here and go, what's next for Star? Wars? Oh, Solo. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, I guess I guess like you know, the Snoke, Ray, and Luke stuff were my biggest things. I think mm-hmm. you know one one side thing zenger was that um i loved the force ghost uh aspect of it it makes sense you know i would i would i would i assumed that at some point in the trilogy we would we would see force ghosts um and i loved that it was yoda um but i didn't really love uh i didn't really love yoda you didn't you didn't Uh, like it being a puppet again well it's just or the character the character okay um because because and, and here's why so so in um and it almost made me think like Ryan Johnson had, had like hasn't really watched Star Wars or not very close <laughs> in my opinion. And this is probably being a little bit particular, but at the same time, I don't think it really is. I think this is kind of surface level, with you know easy easy stuff to pick out. Is like Yoda, goofy like goofy giggly like jokey Yoda, um, was a was a front or a mask that he put on uh, to kind of test and almost. To, Swayed Luke when he when Luke first arrives at Dagobah, mm-hmm. you know Yoda as like the tug of war with R two D two like you know making jokes and like slurping on stew like that that Yoda um, only existed until Yoda decided like to drop the facade and be the Jedi Master in conversation to Luke afterwards. I mean the rest of Empire and all of Return of the Jedi, he is the sage like wise Jedi Master. And throughout all of the prequels and the Clone Wars and everything we see him in, he's like wise Yoda, who like always has good things to say and you know has a certain presence about him. Uh, and the like goofy, like jokey Yoda, like practical jokester one, uh, was literally just a momentary facade he put on at, at the first moment we meet him, and it only lasted uh, until maybe like five minutes into us knowing who he was as a character. Mm-hmm. And so him returning as a force ghost and being like goofy, like, you know, goofy Yoda felt, I don't know, it just felt a little out of place to me. It, I, I feel like I, I'm, I must be kind of wrong about that because it feels like no one else has, has said anything about that. I, I don't want to, to, to find negative things with it. I just was so excited that like, oh, there's Yoda and he was kind of like his goofy Empire Strikes Back self that only lasted for a few minutes. Well, I mean, um, I don't in, know. Fell out of place. In, in all fairness, I mean that that was only like that one part where he struck the tree with lightning and kind of then was back to sort of his sage mode. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I'll have to pay more attention to that conversation I, again. I, 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 just, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from, but I just felt like that if, if you're going to argue that, I feel like that was more just a momentary thing to where maybe he was just like, haha, I get to teach him another lesson or, you know, ha. Right. He, right. he hasn't learned anything after all these years. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah, so so maybe fair. it was something to where he was just enjoying himself. I, I, I understand. I, I was thinking you were going to have a problem with the puppet or something like that because I know that some people have been like, that was very really off putting. No, no. For me, it was just sort of like I, no, that's I don't not that care. Me that much. Um, okay, so speaking of stuff that doesn't bother you that much, I I'm trying to remember where where you landed with Team Porg or Team Crystal Fox, and I feel like you betrayed me and went Team Crystal Fox. <laughs> I, I thought I well okay before the, when I when I had seen the trailer, I thought well there was like a trailer, and then there was a trailer that was like the making of, mm-hmm. and the the Crystal Foxes looked so cool. Yeah. Um, in the trailer and, and, and even in the, in the movie, but um, the Porgs did add a pretty good element of humor in the movie that I thought was was very Star Wars, very fun. I um, I, I still the say that they were with, just with Chewie are the best. Oh, where he's where he's trying to eat them and they're yeah. guilt tripping him. I as much as I love the Porgs and I'm not trying to downplay them, them they were just set dressing. They were just something that was around. Of course. And I, I enjoy that. Like they weren't, it, it, in my opinion, they, they, they are not the new Ewoks because they didn't really contribute anything to the story aside from just being around and right. being kind of slapstick humor during a, during a serious scene later on. Uh, the foxes served a purpose of the story vaguely, which yep. was cool, so but finding, finding the way out. Yeah. 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 But I mean that no 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 offense to you Fox lovers, but that scene could have done the same thing with someone going, "Hey, I can, you know, hey, I noticed that there's an air current coming." Like C three PO could be right. like, "I noticed there's an air current coming in that direction." Right. His, right. It, their scene could have been accomplished by a droid. Right. And that's my last dig at the foxes for now. Right. And I only I only I mean, there's so much to talk about, and like you know, it, there's a lot of good things in this movie, and like I said, you know, I think it comes down to a movie watching experience and then also like a star Wars fan experience. And I think that there's good in this movie from, from both sides of that. Cause I think from, even as a star Wars fan, like I said about Kylo, I love what, what's going on with that character. I think it's so intriguing. Um, but I guess the last thing I'll say is feels like Finn took a huge step backwards in my mind in, in terms of intrigue. Um, I thought Poe's character was pretty cool in this, but I feel like the Finn Rose storyline, I think universally the Canto bite scenes are, are ones that people aren't really loving. I was waiting um, for this. I was seriously yeah, it, like, is he going to bring it up or am I going to mention it? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think one thing I have heard consistently is that Canto bite, that whole sequence felt very much like a prequel. And I agree, but I think it might go a little bit deeper than that. Um, it feels like that whole, endeavor was supposed to kind of not maybe not supposed to but had had the potential to kind of mirror the cloud city stuff and empire strikes back um i i i guess at the very least just in the idea of the betrayal with with you know uh you know dj but i i think the difference was that i didn't care when benicio del toro's character betrayed finn and rose i didn't i didn't care it, the stakes didn't feel all that big to me um, for their characters because I mean I do care about Finn and like I guess I care about Rose but it doesn't. She didn't. You were never given a me. reason to aside from no. her sister died and she's part of the yeah. rebellion. And and also like 
Benicio del Toro's character being the betrayer, like that didn't hit me that hard either because I didn't care about him. And if you do mirror back to the Cloud City stuff and Empire, like it's Han, it's Leia, it's Chewie, it's 3PO. Like these are characters we love at this point and they are desperately seeking help at Cloud City and you already don't know if you can trust Lando and then you start to trust him and you're like, oh, this guy's a friend of Han's and then Lando you start to care about and then all of a sudden, and there's a betrayal and you're like oh my gosh like it all hits you and then han gets frozen mm-hmm. like it's a huge emotional journey and then lando's character gets redeemed there's a lot that goes on there in this case it's like hey here's this new character we need you to care about rose here's this character from the last movie we're just going to put into this storyline because we don't know what else to do with them and then we're going to throw in benicio del toro and he's going to betray them and you're supposed it's supposed to matter to you and also by the way remember phasma yeah she's here too and she's going to die like well oh, supposedly just, die all of it seemed Okay, that's fair. You know, we I, know. I, I, could be I'm, like Boba Fett. Oh no, I'm 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 calling it now. She should come back in nine and just once again, maybe die. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. I predicted she would defect, so I was. I I, that, but. I I was I was remembering that. I was like, well, that's not gonna not gonna not gonna yeah, not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. So I mean, I obviously Canto Bite people aren't loving. It did feel like it bogged down a little bit at that point and also the entire feel of it felt very much like the prequels but i do think even from a a payoff point of view it, it just it didn't really land it didn't matter the uh, uh the the payoff um of it being the betrayal didn't really feel all that important or make sense because it didn't matter and it made the whole canto bite seem seen seem all the less uh, uh matter matter even less but Lyndon on our show did mention he feels like at least all of that led to the the payoff at the very end of like the slave boy yes. using the force to grab the broom. Yes, I I agree. I get it. It, it gave context context for that scene. Um, I don't think that scene would have been any less meaningful though if if none of the Canto Bite stuff happened, or if, if it was we shorter, just, maybe if, maybe a shorter scene. Sure, with that. But I I I okay, at least shorter. But I think it could even be pulled off without any of that i truly do i mean if 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 the last scene stayed the same and you just cut to you know three kids on the ground uh you know reenacting the luke we would have gotten the point yeah reenacting the luke scar we would have known okay these are kids reenacting what we just saw and then the guy comes in yelling at them like okay he like he seems to be their master of some sort and then the kid walks out and force pulls the broom like we'd be like oh like I think that's a slave or at least a little boy who is now force sensitive. The same point I think would have been, would have been made. And granted there would have been less context, but it, <laughs> I don't know. It didn't seem all that important to have to have in the movie, the whole Canto bite stuff, the betrayal that didn't really mean anything. And, you know, it felt like Finn as a character just kind of got thrown into this meaningless kind of storyline. I'm, I'm not defending this scene by any means to the extent of, I, 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 loved it i thought it was very prequely to be honest um it wasn't the worst thing in the world in my mind but i felt like it set up for a few things that i think this movie was trying to let the fans know and it was trying to do it subtly instead of blatantly telling you even though later on it does blatantly tell you that the force is back and it's back as more of a ethereal Thing again that that the force is a is technically a unseen character in the universe and in the galaxy for us and that was sort of showing also the plight of what the what the resistance was standing for 
was that, you know, that these people are making profits off of this. And this is what Rose saw it as is you see this beautiful city, but look what it's built on. That's kind of what this entire galaxy is right now is it's been allowed to be basically all these people are allowed to get rich and basically make money off of the suffering and the fight that we are in right now. Also, I'm going to point this out. DJ, in my mind, took an, took an opportunity. He was not put there and was not an agent of the First Order from the beginning. I know that is a continuing thing that I keep seeing pop up. In my mind, there he took an opportunity. He, he's... He's just somebody who took an opportunity to take advantage of a situation. And then he had another opportunity to get out of that situation when he was on with the First Order and probably went, hey, 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 you can take me or I can give you some information and you can pay me off and get me out of here because I don't want any part of this. But I'll give you guys what they're up to on that other ship. Yeah, so that's I agree with that. I, I, I know that. there's some people that's like, oh, he was the First Order first. And I'm like, I... D- he it pointed out in the movie, and this is something I saw the second time, so I wanted to look for this. They t- they they overhear he he's shown to overhear the conversation they're having with Poe about them evacuating the ship and everything. So he knows that that's what they're doing when they're captured. So that's why he probably immediately went, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I got something for you." But speaking yep. of Poe, and I'm I'm just jumping away from the Canto bite, unless you want to go back to it at all. No, no, no. Um, the Poe storyline did not expect it was beyond pleased with, with him actually getting some character development that I did not see coming. I did not think about, I did not even have in my mind of something I wanted to see, but when it was over with, I was like, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I thought that, uh, he, he had more substance to his character. I mean, I feel like you can make the case that. If you really think about it, have we seen Ray experience any true trials of any type? The same way that we've seen Poe or Kylo experience them, mm-hmm. because Ray seems Ray seems to just have kind of certain levels of success wherever she goes. I mean, when we first meet her, she she can fly the Falcon <laughs> really well, and then she seems to be this like gifted fighter and. She can shoot a blaster, and then she can fight with a lightsaber, and then she finds Luke, and she picks up things with the Force pretty easily. She doesn't seem to have any like struggle to overcome. She didn't even get a limb chopped off, which is very Star Warsy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, but Poe, Poe and Kylo, and Poe and and what you're referring to here is has had to. We've had to see him grow as a leader, as a character, overcome. You know, him thinking he's doing the right thing and doing so, so in such a brazen way. Um, and having to learn that, you know, what he sees on his first instinct isn't always the, the shoot first, ask questions later isn't always correct. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, we, and we actually have a lot of substance to his character because we, we get to see it happen. Yes. I always think that in movies that's, that's far more valuable. It's far more valuable to see something happen than being told about it. And uh, I, you could really make a case that with Ray we haven't seen it happen. We've just no. been told about it. No, I mean, and the other thing with Poe is I think it was greatly done to where, you know, oh, well, they took down that Dreadnought. He won the day. You know, he won, but it was the whole thing pointed out at you won, but at what cost? And that's the whole thing is they're trying to teach him. Leia's trying to teach him throughout the movie. You you can fight and win today. You can fight and win today every day, but you need to start winning tomorrow instead. 
that's the fight you need to start fighting is not the one you fight today, but the one you fight tomorrow and the next day. Because there's not always going to be a fight you can win every single day. And I think that, that was great that they that they had him grow. And then when Finn tries to be stupid later on in the movie, twice over, pose the one that's that, that's the voice of reason both times. Right. For him. Well, to an extent. I mean, Rose kind of wrecked him off in that one thing, but... Yeah. But yeah. Right. Yeah. I although that is it is it was hilarious to me that Rose thought that the best way to save uh Finn's life was to drive extremely fast at him in in a in a spaceship or in a uh, sorry, like a motor speeder bike and uh, and crash into them at high speeds. That that would probably be the best way to save his life. <laughs> of course it is. I mean, and it, it it worked. It worked. Uh which is good. Good uh- for them. So I, I don't know if there's anything else you want to discuss, but I do have one more thing on my plate. I want to make sure that we talk about. I am fr- I am fresh out. So hit all me. right, the final fight between or the the quote unquote fight between Luke and Kylo. Sure. Or um, actually, actually, before we do this, let's let's jump back and let's let's rewind real real quick to Luke. I know I know this might open up a can of worms this discussion, but I'm trying to, I'm hoping to keep this short. The three tellings of what happened that night between Luke and Ben. Okay. What are your thoughts Um, on that as as a whole? Because I found that fascinating and it, and it, and it hammered home something that I just love about the star Wars movies that I cannot say enough, but go ahead. Well, it's very much the theme of, from a certain point of view. Yes. And, uh, and, and that's, that's good. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, I I don't have any other thoughts about that. I think it was an interesting way of telling that story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I think it, it added to the story because you're kind of you kind of felt like there was more that needed to be uh, heard. Um, and so as the movie kept going, you thought you were going to learn more and more, and we did, uh, which I thought was cool. Um, the only thoughts I had was I wish we had gotten more, um, but I think we got all that we needed. I guess. Uh, so I don't have any other thoughts about the, those kind of sequences. In terms of the fight at the end, oh, uh, I, 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 was, I had more thoughts. Oh, sorry. sorry. Um, no, I just wanted to say that you know, seeing that a second time, that was very cool. Seeing the differences each time because each one of them was telling it true from their point of view until the last one where it was shown what kind of really happened. And my thing with the whole Luke wouldn't turn to the dark side. Luke wouldn't do that. It's because he he pointed out, you know. The Jedi's aren't perfect, and you know he wasn't a he. He's the imperfect part of a perfect system, possibly, to where he had self. He he had doubt, and he's the one that failed. But it, it was just right. I just love how it how it was pointed out. There was such a momentary thing. It, it was it, right. it was for a brief moment he did it, but it but because of that one moment, it lost him everything. Right, right. So and I did. I thought that was really fascinating. Um, and it definitely sets the stage for for the fight later, yes. or at least the the at least the conversation later, which you know, I didn't know where it was going to go. Yeah. So so now we can get to the fight now. Now that we properly set it up, the fight at the end. How long did it take you to notice on your first viewing? Because of course, second viewing this doesn't count. How long did it yeah. take you to notice that there was something up with Luke? Yeah, I'll be completely honest. First viewing, I did not. I, I was fully like fully didn't see anything or notice anything until. Um, he had been slashed through as soon as he was slashed through though. I didn't, I will say, I don't think my mind jumped to like, Oh, is this a new power or is he, has he been dead all along and he's already a force ghost and we didn't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I knew like 
because that we had heard about the projections uh, a few times at that point, I immediately knew, oh, he's projecting himself. Uh, so, but it, before that, there was nothing that I picked up on the first time that that you know made me realize what was going on. The second time, I, I noticed a few things, and I was like, man, if I had been paying closer attention, I might have I might have seen that happening. Uh, the the thing that that clicked in my head was the he's not leaving any marks. Exactly. That that immediately because... caught me when I was like, "Why is he not leaving?" Any? I'm like, "Maybe he's just moving that elegantly with the force that it's showing that he's you know that in tune with the force that he's not even having to touch the ground." And then I, the other the other thing that bothered me was the lightsaber. I'm like, "Why does he have his the the old lightsaber though?" Yeah, that that I should have like. And then I, just... I was like, "Wait." There's something really up. pieces. Yeah, it like I like good on you for being that attentive to knowing that because <laughs> like I I did I I was curious like wait we just saw that lightsaber get destroyed but then I just assumed in my head like it must be a different lights yeah he must just have like he must he must be using Kylo's old lightsaber like that's that's what I thought we were gonna have explained to us so I I missed I didn't even and you're right like they had made such an emphasis on showing all the. Uh, the marks that all the speeders mm-hmm. and the people walking were making. And so that Kylo was, was an... making too. Exactly. Exactly. So I, you know, I completely missed it. So my thoughts were, I missed it. And in terms of the actual fight, um, I thought, uh, what a great, what a great surprise. Uh, I thought it was a cool, like showing of a, of a force ability that we hadn't really seen, hadn't yet seen in any movie. Um, and uh, and of course, Luke doing so exerted all the energy he really could could muster, is my my theory, and I think what we're supposed to take from that. But that it also um, it did bring a full redemptive arc to his his character, as you mm-hmm. said perfectly. Um, you know, he 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 becomes the the legend. Uh, he embraces the legend because at that point, I think he realized. I think he realized very quickly because if you remember. Um, Prior to that, he he has this connection with Leia. Uh, there's a scene where he whispers Leia's name, and I think he realized that him rejecting the legend of Luke Skywalker, he was making that a, about his own failures. When in fact, the legend of Luke Skywalker and what was needed was actually more so for the people around him, the people he loved, than for yes. him. And he needed to get over himself. I, I do agree with that. Um, I I enjoyed that scene thoroughly. I will point out, so I can continue to say. Not only were our multiple episodes on theories wrong, but I also, when I, I saw that lightsaber come out, I'm like, oh, it's going to be the, a red crystal. Because I was like, oh, it showed that his, he had a red crystal for some, oh, it's blue. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I had that cool. momentary thing go through yeah. my head of, it's going to be red. And then it wasn't. And right. I was like, darn it. But then I, 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 I picked up on the, on the footprints and stuff. So I was like, okay, well, maybe that's a redemption there for me. No, I I, I love well, that fight. That's on you because I, I definitely didn't. I, I love that fight. I um thought it was great the way he basically just egged on uh, Kylo in the end, where he's ba- he basically was like, "I'm not even going to show up there to face you." Right. So you can't have any way of destroying me to have that for, to fulfill anything with your life and this, that in, in, in your life and this, that, and the other. And then the, and then to basically kind of sign off by going, see you around kiddo, which is something I'm sure I, well, I know Hans, it's something Hans said, but I'm sure he said that to Hans said that to Kylo a lot. 
So it, it, right. was, it was that last little dig into him that, oh, I'm not even going to give you the pleasure of facing you face-to-face. But on that note, let me quote your dad real quick and leave, leave you yeah. with that. Yeah. So, I, so I, I love that. And also, you know, him pointing out that the Jedi aren't gone, that they live on. And, of course, right. you know, I, I, I don't even think he was referring to Rey, to be honest. I think he was referring to the galaxy itself okay. because cause then the, the kid's shown later on. It's like it's showing the Force is out there and it's not for one fa- – it's not for the Skywalker family to hoard and, you know, keep messing up the galaxy with. It's for the entire galaxy to have. Right. So. Right. Yeah. I, I, Good stuff. I, I, th- I think I think for round two, I think I've said my piece for this. And well, I, I, think, I, I think there's. Go, go ahead. No, I think I think we agree that there were some good things in this movie, both from a fan's perspective and just from a movie watching perspective. I think it had risks that it took. It had intrigue. It had great, you know, scenes. Um, it brought depth to Poe and, and to Kylo um, and to Luke. Uh, and, you know, my, my biggest issues with it were just sort of mm, maybe how it, it seemed to not necessarily jive with The Force Awakens as much. And uh, I do think from a movie making or maybe a better way of saying it is from a story writing perspective, which is where I always tend to really gravitate towards when I love movies is the story. Um, <clears throat> it seems to me like a lot of intrigue died with Snoke. So maybe there are plans down the road for, for him, his character in nine. Um, because you know, those are people who get paid a lot more money to write stories than, than I do to sit here and talk to you about it. So <laughs> I'm sure that I'm sure that we'll, they'll, they'll figure out it, they figure out what to do. And JJ Abrams, you know, he's, he's kind of, he's in my opinion, he's a, he's a genius. So, uh, so we'll see what he ends up doing. But I mean, you know, all, all to say, uh, that that throne room scene was 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 amazing, <laughs> and the uh, the light speed bullet through the the, the, the supremacy was amazing, um, and you know I'll be looking forward to episode nine. Awesome. I mean, as as will the rest of us too. I, I definitely can yeah. can say that. All right. So when you discussed for your uh, it was the Santa Claus episode, right? Yes. You're talking about uh, well we did the holiday the movie the holiday which just came out this week we mm-hmm. did a, a uh, star wars discussion yes but prior to that there was a star wars trivia quiz which people have commented yourself included uh about quite a bit i i will i will openly admit i'm being i'm being honest here i'm being 100 percent honest i missed the three jedi the name three out of the four jedis that confronted right uh, but you know what you I missed you got that the same one. Ones I got that. Yes, you did. Yes, you, you yes, did. I did. I did. You, you were the one who, even as I was doing the quiz, I was thinking like, man, I need to get these right because I know somewhere right now, Zenger's getting all of these right. I, I, I got, I got the lightsaber ones right too. So I, I was yeah. proud of that, and I got to the, it's the um, temple guard that has the yellow one. So I got to that a little right. bit quicker than, than you yep. did. So, so as, as of that, I'm, I, since there's no way for me to do this neutrally at the moment since ellie is off somewhere being ellie i we for the holidays got a very awesome gift from our kids aside from a trivial pursuit game for star wars we also got a little question card game so we are going to play this with chet and we're going to see how much his star wars knowledge is 
but we're going to make it interesting. They are multiple choice, but we're going to see if he can answer them without the most multiple choice option Okay. to begin with. So whenever you're ready, I will start with the first question. I'm ready. What is Yoda's species? Oh, gosh. I know this. Um, oh. By the way, for anyone, I'm going with the answers on the card unless I 100% know it's wrong. Oh, uh, y- uh, Yaddle? I, no, that's a different type of Yoda. Um, uh, give me the multiple choice. Okay, I'm not going to even try to pronounce some of these. It's okay. is it? Go ahead. Go 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 ahead with your answer with your guess. I I will uh, not hold this one against you since there is no way I'm going to pronounce these correctly. No, I I almost said what Darth Maul's uh, uh, ethnicity or whatever species is. So you, forget that. Tell tell me what the multiple choice are. They are unknown. Is A B is trilethial. C is yarl. D is Yangar. Oh, you know what? I'm an idiot. Mm-hmm. One of the things, one of the things that's, uh, one of the things that's absolutely true, uh, and has been for a while, is that his species has never been mentioned or confirmed. You are correct on that one. When I said when I said Yaddle, it's because there's there another... is another Jedi uh, on the council that is the same species that is called Yaddle. Yes. So unknown. The answer yes. is A. Unknown. Yes. And like I said, I was like, he's going to get this because I'm going to butcher all these freaking pronunciations. I should have known that. I did know that. Who is Echo 7? Echo 7. Echo 7. Hmm. It's, I, I'm, I think I remember it from Attack of the Clones. Oh. Uh, it, you, you want me to give you a hint on it's the original trilogy? Okay, so I'm way off. I don't know who Echo 7 is. Multiple choices are Luke Skywalker, Wedge Antilles, Han Solo, or Princess Leia. Uh, Wedge. It is C, Han Solo. Jeez. He's referred to... Uh, some, some of these are hard. I'll, I'll give it to this. this. This Some of these are hard. You know, I can't let Rodney know that I'm getting these wrong because uh, he he thinks that I know everything about Star Wars, so I can't break his heart. <laughs> All right, next one. How did Vader accept Captain Needle's apology? By force choking him to death. That is correct. All right. That's how I accept all my apologies ever <laughs> since then. All right, next one. And I don't know how I got these two back to back like this. Who is Echo 3? Oh, gosh. Wedge. <laughs> it's Luke. I don't I don't know. I don't and oddly know enough, the multiple choices are the same for that one. <laughs> so, so I, I feel I if, if, if I yeah. getting it right. Yeah, I feel like if I had given it to you, you would have done the same. Um, who said you truly belong with us among the clouds? Oh, Lando. He said it to Leia. That creep. Yep. <laughs> How many laser cannons does a TIE Advance have? Eight. TIE Advance, not the TIE Defender. Oh, that, that doesn't help. TIE Advance this Vader's. Oh, oh, okay. Um, I couldn't, I'd have no idea. Two. Just two? Yeah, it just has the front two like a TIE Fighter. Oh, okay. 
tie defender. No, wait. Oh my gosh, I got one wrong. I should have said tie interceptor. No, wait. You said you eight. Have. You said eight. I said eight. Eight yes. would be the. Because the tie defender, I think, has six. Because it has one. It has two on each of its wings, and it has three wings, so six. The tie. The tie. Oh my gosh! Wow, I'm getting really nerdy right now. The tie. Um, interceptor is the one that has the like diagonally forward wings, and that has four. Oh, okay. It has one on each wingtip. What level of the Death Star was Princess Leia being held prisoner on? Ah, oh, dang it. I know these are hard. C-block? You want me to give you the multiple choice? Sure. Level 6, level 3, level 4, or level 5? So no letters. Nope. <laughs> uh, I, I'm just guessing. I mean, I literally couldn't tell you. Like, I li- I'm just honestly just guessing just for the sake of guessing, not because I have any indication. So three? Uh, level five. Yeah. Even if I got that right, I wouldn't have felt good about it. What? Oh, sorry. Where were the Hoth sequences filmed? Where were the Hoth sequences found? Filmed. Oh, filmed. Yeah. Oh, um, I have no idea. A Norway, uh, B Denmark, C Iceland, or D Greenland. Greenland. D. Uh, Norway. Wow, this is just these terrible. are hard. I'm gonna. Oh my gosh, because Ellie's probably gonna get me with these next time we record too. So, if um, in my mind, you've gotten all these correct. No, I, I actually have not. I'll, I'll, I'll give that to you. Even though I have the answers in front of me, I'm trying to do them in my head, and I'm like, I would not have gotten this correct. Um, oops. All right, here's a good one. This is apparently a steal because there's like a meta game when you play this. But the, it is, what was General Grievous's officially named after the Battle of Geonosis? So what was his official title? At the Battle of Geonosis? Well, after it says. Oh, okay. I I don't know. I, I You want the options? I'm, sure. Superior Superior Commander of the Droid Army, Superior Commander of Separatist Combat, Superior Commander of the Droid Legions, Superior Commander of the Separatist Troops. Gosh, I'm gonna go with one of the separatist ones. I'll say B. It is A. Superior Commander of the Droid Armies. I'm not just wrong. I'm like as wrong as you can be on each of these. Okay, I I, I got an easy one for you here. Who did Qui-Gon Jinn run into in the swamps of Naboo? Uh, you know, he ran into about uh, multi-million dollars worth of uh, merchandise for Lucasfilm, uh, Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, that would be correct, and it actually says that right beside it, too. Good. Good. All right. Last one. Because okay. I feel I've tortured you enough at this point. Not torture, just put me back in my place. <laughs> Where did Luke Skywalker bullseye womp rats? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what was that place? Um, it's, it's not impossible. He's a target womp rats back home. Uh, he doesn't it? say it there. He says it later on. When he's talking it's, to Biggs during the Death Star I, attack. This is one that I assure you when I hear the multiple choice, I will know and I'll okay. feel good about because I knew it. It's something 
Valley, Valley, I think. Go ahead. What what are the options? It is. I'm gonna. Okay. It is A. Hut Flats. B. Mushroom Flats. C. Ben's Moss. Or A. Beggars Canyon. Beggars Canyon. Oh, Beggar's I did those in reverse. I actually did that. That's what it is. But yes, Beggar's, Beggar's Canyon, Canyon is anyway. correct. Because I was like, he's going to quote it, but he actually says that because he says, oh, I used to bull as I want prats my T-16 back home. And then yeah. during the assault on the Death Star, he says, oh, don't worry, Biggs. It's just like Beggar's Canyon back home. Back home, right. Yes. It's like Beggar's Canyon back home. Yep. You're right. You're right. Biggs. Yep. There is one yep. for Biggs I flipped through, but it was like, what actor played Biggs? And I'm like, nope, I'm not asking any of these. Cause what that- actor played Biggs? That's oh my brutal. God. These things are like a nightmare and a half, I think. Yeah, but no, I mean, wow. I, I, I'm. I needed that. <laughs> I, I didn't want to embarrass you too much, but like I said I don't think I would have gotten some of these myself. No, I, I needed, I needed it. I needed to be put back in my place. I did. Uh, you know, I, I had a good run on on my. In fact, I don't know if I would call it a good run because I was I was belittled by my uh, by my co-host for knowing that much about Star Wars. Uh, but now I feel even worse for not knowing enough. So, you know, here I am rethinking a lot of things. All right. Well, I got I got, I got a final one for you if you want it. All right. Hit me. And then I do have to get going. Oh, no. I, I, I just want to see if you could redeem yourself with one more. Hit me. I, I think this is an easy one. What did Han Solo call Obi-Wan Kenobi? What did he call him? Um, do you want the, you want me to give you a hint with the line? Sure. Where'd you dig up that old blank? Pile of bones? Oh, come no. on, where'd, man. No, 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 no. That old... No, 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 no. Where'd you dig up that old... Where'd you dig up that old... Oh, my gosh. I know this. Where'd you dig up the old... Ah, what is it? Fossil. That Fossils are kind of like pile of bones. <laughs> You're not wrong. All right. If you want to tell everyone where they can find you on the internet, sir. Sure. So you can find our show, Down the Hall Podcast, at downthehallpodcast.com. And you can uh, go to our Twitter uh, at, at Down the Hall Guys, where you will see in the bio um, both mine, Rodney, and also the newest addition to the show, Lyndon Wells' Twitter bio in there. And, uh, you know, you can tune in every single week for a movie night pick of the week. And we, we do touch on geeky things sometimes, but I typically like to direct people to Zeng this because you guys do it far better than we ever could. Oh, thank so, you, man. And I will yeah. point this out. Um, not that it needed any um, pushing, but Ellie did take your guys' movie recommendation and rewatch for probably the 15th time Santa Claus. Good. Uh, yeah, one and I two. Mean, I don't know if she watched the third one. I was not present if she did because I kind of was not around for that one. That's okay. I I, I, I told her that too. <laughs> yeah. No. One and two are great. And and we we kind of took a step out of our normal routine for these last two weeks and just said, what are two good Netflix movies that are holiday movies? Not ones that are really going to rock the you know rock the boat in any way. Just just good you know holiday movies. And so we did the Santa Claus, and then a rom com called The Holiday. So I'm um, glad you were able to do that as a family and. And uh, I always love, I always love jumping on the show with you guys for sure. Oh well, thank you, sir. We enjoy having you. I'm sure you'll be on for for some other stuff very soon. But yes, sir. Um, I'm of course you know where to find Zingness. All the stuff's in the show notes. Zingness and where, wherever you can find podcasts, I'm sure you can find Zingness. Uh, with that, uh, we will see you guys 
89, play us out.